Howdy and thanks for tuning in to the Home Stretch Podcast, 101 plus tips for navigating assisted living and nursing homes. I'm your host, Chad Schmidt, and here you'll discover the questions to ask from the researchers, professionals, and institutions so that you can make a more informed decision. In today's 23 and a half minute episode, we bring back Betsy Wilking for her second appearance on the podcast. Today, she's going to be talking about downsizing. And in her six years in the industry of elder care, she has some wonderful insights in being able to help you prioritize what to keep and what to get rid of, as well as the importance of having some tactile, three-dimensional objects that Maybe they don't have an actual functional purpose, but they do have a purpose in that it provides a memory or a speaking topic that you can have when you go to visit your loved one in that environment, or when you're not there, your loved one is able to reflect back on something that might have happened in their childhood. We're also going to talk about bringing purpose to their life through items. She has a wonderful story to share with you, as well as allowing your loved one to choose between several different options that you set up for a win-win. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Betsy. She is going to introduce herself in the beginning of the episode, a little bit about her responsibilities and why it's important for you to listen to her but I hope that you get some value out of what we have in our conversation. So enjoy. I've worked in senior living in in various settings, at a nursing home, that short-term skilled rehab, assisted living and memory care. And they're all different in terms of the services they provide and the residents we have in those. Right now, my current job is to help families transition their loved one into a community. I represent my community as their salesperson and guide them through the process, let them know what programs and amenities we have that will cater to their loved one, and also just giving them some peace of mind. That's what's really the differentiating part between all these communities is which one's going to give the family peace of mind. When it comes down to it, We all pretty much offer the same thing. Why should somebody listen to what you have to say versus somebody else? I've started from the lower position and and worked my way up. Um, I've been in the various settings. I've seen the differences working for a smaller company versus bigger ones and the advantages of one working for them, but then also choosing to to put your loved one in one of those places, bigger or smaller. And it's something I'm passionate about, Chad. I don't know if I even told you this, but I used to to work in pediatrics. I used to work with kids and young adults with special needs. But I got a job at a nursing home as a rehab technician in the therapy department as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life after college. And I found that there's not nearly enough advocates for seniors. It's all towards kids, which I love, but our culture doesn't have as much respect for elderly as others. And I'd like to to be part of that change to help make a difference 
in these people's lives because it's just a new chapter. It's not end of the road chapter. And there's so many individuals that are needing a place for someone that's older. The statistic is that there's 10,000 people a day that turn 65 and 4,000 people a day that turn 80. Based on the number of beds that are available and professional care at a facility, we are, as a nation, we're not really prepared for the influx of care that's needed. There's various levels of senior living, and I think we'll see some of those increase in occupancy, but a lot of it is private pay. If they don't have the private pay to to live in a senior living community with that assistance, people are going to be looking more at home health and what kind of assistance can they get at the house. As long as it's not 24-7 care, it's just you need someone to come in maybe three times a week or maybe once a day for four hours, depending on which company you you sign with. That could be a uh, more cost-effective way of, of living versus moving in. And I think we may see a shift of senior living communities versus care at home. I want to dive into this very important topic of downsizing since you've worked with a lot of individuals who are making this transition. I'm curious, for the individual that's got dementia or Alzheimer's and is going to be needing long-term care, and they've been living in the the house that they've been in for the last 40 years, they got all of these memories, they got all of these items, and now you can't bring all of those items into this little apartment that you're going to be moving into, how does somebody prioritize what they're supposed to keep? There are various stages of dementia. We call it a journey. You're going through various stages of this journey of dementia. And once you get to the middle or end stages, that's when your environment plays such a significant role. Family, in order to prioritize what that individual needs is, What's their loved one's reality? Are they still with it to, rec- you know, know what year it is, who our president is? But if they're they're living almost in a different year, you've got to join them in that year. Decorating their apartment with items that are going to bring them comfort is very important. They may not always remember who you are or how they know you and where they are when they wake up in the morning. But if there are those familiar queuing pictures or a desk that they sat at and wrote letters every morning, if those familiar items are there, they're they're going to feel an internal setting of comfort that all new furniture, you know, if they woke up and it looked like a hotel room to them because nothing was familiar, they're going to become more agitated and anxiety is going to kick in. But if they see a picture of their parents, of their kids, and it can be harder once grandkids come into the picture because then they may affiliate them with their actual kids, figuring out what their reality is and and what year of their life they seem to be kind of stuck in is how you want to decorate their room. I remember my grandmother, she had a condo for close to 40 years. And The last place that she lived that was hers, the condo, was over 20 years. 
we brought a lot of her furniture into the assisted living environment that we put her in before we ultimately moved her in with my mom. And she would get really agitated because she just wanted to leave. So even though she had these items that she was familiar with in her new home, so to speak, she still became agitated. So it's not a fail-safe that that person is going to totally feel comfortable in the environment even though you're bringing those familiar items because they may remember what home is, but that home might not be the last place that they lived. I know for my grandmother, home for her was back in Detroit where she lived with her grandparents as a kid. Yeah. That was her home. So even though the items that we had, that furniture, sofa, dining room table, desk, those were the items that we could bring along with us. But her home and her mind was from a different era. We're trying to ease the transition as much as possible. So downsizing is a really important component but sometimes they're still going to get agitated even though they have familiar items in their surroundings, right? Yeah. And some individuals, I actually have someone moving into our memory care community this week. She didn't want to bring anything from her house. She's like, no, we're not going to bring any of it. I want all new furniture. For some people, it's also just, I want to start fresh. Or you got 700 or 1,000 miles that they're moving from a different state yeah. because the caregivers don't live near their parents anymore. Yeah. So they're totally moving them from a different part of the, the world or the United States. Yeah. But it also presents challenges logistically to get them there and those items. So since you've been doing this for a while, what are some items that you think are important for them to consider bringing? Specifically when it comes to memory care, not not assisted living, but memory care, when they've gotten further along in their their diagnosis, I'd say not items so much that they got attached to in the past 20 years, but what was it 40 years ago? I understand that they in their current, in their new memory care home, they're not going to be able to go fishing, but sometimes having that tactile fishing rod there in the apartment for them to tinker with, is going to bring them a sense of joy and bring them to a trip down memory lane. Think about items that they're going to be able to get engaged in. No, they're not fully going to be able to play tennis, but maybe having a racket in there or just a tennis ball for them to fidget with. Think about that. The picture frames of family, parents, when they were younger, the kids, that can be harder because that's technically more recent. And how, how, where are they again in that reality? But if you can bring some of their hobbies or recreate their hobbies, for example, there is a a gentleman who he ran his own business, he paid all the family bills, and so how can you bring them purpose through their items of their house? This guy needed a desk, so family put a desk, envelopes, pens, and then they would bring him old bills that they would white out the details of after they've paid it. And he still feels like he's contributing to the family and writing fake checks for it. And we ship it out. I know that for my grandmother, when she moved into this assisted living facility, 
she was scared because number one, it's a new environment. And before her mind really started to dwindle away, she kind of had this feeling of my freedom is being taken away from me. And there's not much that we as a family were able to do to make her feel like she had these freedoms. She was aware. This is not my home. Yeah. I don't, where is my car at? And having to answer those questions. So it's good to try to create these responsibilities. And in this example, that's so perfect. So that they do feel like they're part of the decision making process and that they're, they're not treated like a kid. Yeah. That they They, can't make decisions for themselves. They don't want to be put somewhere. They want to choose to go someplace that's for them. Usually the decision maker, the power of attorney, the mom or or the the daughter or the son that's putting their dad into this environment. How is it that those decision makers are supposed to let go of all of these items that has been collected over the, the years? and not bring those other items that they feel are important, but they're actually are not. What is it that you have to say to that individual that's like, I think it's important for them to bring this, but in actuality, it it may not be. And there's way too many items to try to filter, bring into this small apartment when they're coming from a, a 1,600 square foot or larger home into a space that's a couple hundred square feet to live in. When kids are trying to help their parents or their aunt or uncle with that, and they're going into assisted living, and let's say they're not as far along in their dementia journey, that they're still aware that they're moving, that they're not going to have all these things, including them, is incredibly important. This is their stuff. This is their life. This is their memory. There's actually companies now and businesses that have been created to help families with this entire transition where you've got an estate planner, an estate seller, senior movers, senior real estate agents to help literally with this entire downsizing process. And so if you have the funds, I definitely suggest Googling and and finding one that, that has good reviews in your neighborhood because they can help keep it all organized and then also be the middleman for families. I'd start with asking, um, let's say your dad, to give him a, a small pad of sticky notes, not the giant one, but the smaller one that he can keep in his pocket. And for a week, have him put a sticky note on everything he touches. Even if there's already a sticky note on it, still add a sticky note. And at the end of the week, see how many things have a sticky note on it. The fridge is going to have the most in the bathroom, okay? But what items in the bathroom have it? You have a three-bedroom, two-bath house. Are you really actually going into all three rooms? No, you're probably going into your bedroom, your main bathroom, your kitchen and living room. And then within those, put sticky notes of the items that you touch. And you're going to realize what you actually need and what you will actually use. And that can be a good way to figure out, okay, I don't need all of this. I've been living fine without even going into that second and third bedroom. Sometimes that visual does more than the actual getting rid of it, just seeing, okay, I really don't even use that much stuff. Then separating things into categories, things you want to move, maybe you'll move, maybe you'll sell it, 
We'll give it away, donate it. It's always great to have family come in, give your kids an option. Hey, do you guys want this? I love my mom. She has a lot of knickknacks. I <laughs> I don't know how many of them my sisters and I would want to keep. It's part of our personality. So I would put a floating shelf in my parents, if they were to move into an assisted living community, I'd put floating shelves all over their room as a way to keep some of those home-like feelings. So after you do a post-it note, after you try and write down what are you willing to donate, what are you willing to give away, have family come in, pick out what they want, and have an estate sale. There's going to be things that don't fit in your new apartment. And so if you already know where you're going to be going, you can easily get a square footage floor plan of that apartment. The, the communities will have access to be able to give you that. If you're going into independent living, they usually don't have bigger than two bedroom, two baths. That's probably the biggest. But when it comes to assisted living, you're looking at one bedroom, one bath. You're not going to need that big kitchen table because you've got three meals a day provided to you downstairs. And that's where they want you to eat because it's the social aspect of it. You can maybe have a little bistro table for when you're not wanting to eat down there, but those big furniture items, you're not going to be able to bring. What you're going to want to focus on are things that you're going to be putting on the walls. What pictures? Rugs in senior living communities can be a major trip hazard. You're allowed to have them, but we just highly recommend you don't. So using them as wall decor. My sister has an old oriental rug that my parents, they used to have in their house. And it's too old for to use actually on the floor and walk on, so she put it on the wall. It's getting creative and repurposing items that you already have so that you can maintain those memories. But there's also that individual that they have a personal connection with certain items, not the parent, the one that's going into that environment. So how does that individual distinguish and maybe even let go of items that aren't important or essential for them to bring into that assisted living facility. It figure out what is so important about that piece of furniture. Why is that china cabinet so important? Obviously, you don't need your china or a china cabinet. They know that, but they don't want to let it go because of the memory that's attached to it. Maybe it's a family heirloom. They don't want to see it have its final day. Someone couldn't figure out why their dad would refuse to get rid of this side table that was next to the couch and his recliner. You don't need this one. You already have the other ones. They figured out it was what that side table represented to him. He would sit in his recliner, and then his dad would sit on the couch, and they would have drinks once a week, almost every day for 10 years. They would have a drink at that exact spot. They'd put their drinks on that table, and it was just the, the separating item between them. could have been the recliner that attached that memory to them, but it wasn't. It's, it's just this wooden side table that would hold their drinks while they would talk once a week. And it's how can we then recreate that memory in your new home without bringing this side table? Was there a particular drink that you guys always had? Was there a particular topic? And I mentioned floating shelves earlier. There was a particular drink. Put that on a floating shelf next to 
the new spot for his recliner with a picture of his dad next to it. No, it's not the side table that's the memory. It's the memory of his dad and having that drink and those discussions. And so you're really going to have to peel back the layers and have some tough conversations with your parents about why won't you let this stupid piece of furniture go? (laughs) 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 And you've got to understand, like, this is, for especially still with this age group, they still associate a senior living community as their their last chapter. My life is over after this. And so put yourself in their shoes after they've had something for for four decades at least. They're having to part ways with. They're lo- losing part of themselves. It makes me think of movie Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood and that scene where his son is trying to have this conversation. Not in every case, but in most cases, they're aware of what's coming. And yeah. they're trying to avoid it at all costs. It's really important, I think, that some of these details and insights that you're bringing up here, because really what we're trying to create is an environment where they are familiar with the items that they use on a regular basis, because they're going to wake up and be confused about where they're at. And we're trying to minimize the anxiety, the agitation, the fear that they would have either with the caregiver that's going to be helping them with medications or in the room eating with them or even yourself as a visitor that you're going to be able to have these talking points to help bring back some of these memories that are still in their head. One of the easiest questions that always got my grandmother to talk was when she was a kid going to school and she loved to talk about her friends when she was a little girl and the little activities that she would do. And we didn't have any items in the house that could bring her back to that memory. It was just a question. And sometimes I ask questions about playing an instrument. And that totally opens up all of these memories that come back to them. So the more tangible items and textile three-dimensional things that you can put in that house sometimes are going to be the easiest way for a conversation to start. And it's a reminder not only for you as a visitor, but also them when you're not there. There's a woman who I've met with the daughter, I've met with this potential new resident, and they're totally on board to come to our community. The daughter's ready for her to move in, but the mom isn't ready. I did a home visit. I brought them, I brought her dinner. She has trouble seeing, and so she's not really able to make dinner for herself. Her daughter brings over whatever she made for her family, you know, makes an extra serving for her mom. So we're sitting there, and they've lived there for decades upon decades. And it's just filled with memories. It's filled with hobbies and interests. She has salt and pepper shakers that look like frogs. There's one that even looks like a cookie. (laughs) And and then she's got uh, ceramic cookie jars that are in the shape of houses. Then she's got another room where she's holding one of her grandkids' furniture, some of her additional furniture. And she's 
she's chosen to come to our community. She wants to come to our community, but she's like, you know, I've got all this stuff. And I gave her the post-it note idea. I said, you can still take some of these things with you. She's like, yeah, my grandkids, some of them, they've already called this item and that item. You know, that's what they want. You know, I'm going to put all these cookie jars and these collectible items together and they can pick them out. I'm like, I think that's great. It's clear she's also still just not ready to leave the house because of the memory of her husband. He, he passed more than eight years ago. And the whole time she's also showing me memories and pictures of adventures they had had together. And the house just also represents that. And so even if you're you're ready, your your mom's chosen the place. She knows and sees it as a beneficial way of life, an assisted living community. But the house is literally the roadblock. The idea of downsizing your memories. You're not downsizing items and, and pieces of furniture. You're downsizing your memories. And it's that fear of forgetting those memories. Um, and so it's, it's working with her to recognize you're not going to forget those memories. She's not someone that has dementia. I mean, we still forget some things, but it's still possible without bringing the entire collection of salt shakers to remember your salt shaker collection. You know, you could create a photo album, take pictures of all of it, do it in a fun way where your grandkids are each holding one of them or your great-grandkids, depending on your age. You could make it a fun thing. It doesn't have to be, hey, here, I'm getting rid of memories. It's bring the family in. Let's see what everyone wants. Let's take pictures throughout this process and create new memories with it, positive ones. And that's another way to help your mom get to the next stage and ready to move in. Before we go, I want to ask, is there anything that you think is important to either reinforce about this episode of downsizing or something that maybe you haven't mentioned that you think is important for somebody that's listening to this? Know your parents. Are they analytical thinkers? Sometimes just showing them the square footage of what they live in now versus the square footage of where they're going and just measuring a couple of the big items. Sometimes it can be as simple as that for them to identify, okay, we really do need to let some of this stuff go. Or are they more emotional and memories are attached to everything. That's going to take a little bit more time and have patience with it, but also help push them along and let them know those memories aren't going to be lost and you're going to help them create new ways to maintain those memories. I want to thank not only Betsy for the stories that she was able to share as well as her experience and how to help you. But I also want to thank you for taking an interest in this episode where you learned how to prioritize items to keep when it comes to moving your loved one out of a home that they probably have lived in for the last 40 years, 30 years, or however long it's been, and they've collected all these items. And it can be a challenge to decide which items to get rid of, which ones you have an emotional attachment to, which items they have an emotional attachment to. And also, I really loved how she incorporated the difference between downsizing items and downsizing memories. So I hope that you got something out of this episode. If you did, I encourage you to press the subscribe button on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Google Podcasts, whatever platform that you're listening to this on, and head over to www.homestretch101.com where you'll find a link to the most recently written material, which is actually available in an audio book that you can share with your friends. It's 25 questions that an assisted living operation doesn't expect or want you to ask. It's basically going to help you be able to have some negotiating power when it comes to signing your name on the dotted line. So I encourage you to check out that resource on homestretch101.com and you'll also find links to past episodes, a list of the upcoming guests that we have featured on the show. And if you have a specific inquiry or topic that you would like to hear about that we haven't already covered, feel free to submit an email to us at the website and we will do our best to fulfill that request. Until our next conversation, I wish you good health and eternal love. Have a beautiful day.